Welcome back to the Evangelion podcast, where we dive deep into the logistics, methods, hardships, but even more so, the good, beautiful, and powerful side of evangelism here in America and around the world. Welcome back to the Evangelion podcast, the podcast where we get to interview amazing people who do evangelism or just in that kind of area or niche. Today, I have Tim. Tim, we don't know anything about you, Tim. So, Tim, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us who Tim is. Hey, I'm Tim Tim Zadrinaw. Um, yeah, I've worked with YWAM for the past few years. I uh, grew up in Michigan for the majority of my adult life. Uh, work with a school called the SSM here in YWAM. It's the School of Supernatural Missions. It's all about growing in intimacy with the Holy Spirit and being able to use that in daily life to be able to share the gospel and to be able to heal the sick and really just show who Jesus is through us and the intimacy we have with the Holy Spirit that's accessible to us. And so I've been a part of that school here in YLAM for the past three years now, three and a bit, almost four years. Um, yeah, and it's just been really awesome. So happy to be here. Wow, that is so cool. So how did you, growing up, become a Christian? Was it like raised in a Christian home? Uh, was there some awesome Saul conversion story? What, what do we got going on there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I grew up in a Christian home my whole entire life. But I would say that we were, you know, very religious in nature. We, uh, everything that we did, it was all merit-based is what we call it. And so it's mm -hmm. everything we did was everything that you do has a direct correlation to your value. And so we really had this really skewed look on Jesus, on Jesus and his intimacy he has with us. Um, and so I really didn't know Jesus. I knew of him and I served him as king. Mm. But there was this um, huge overarching hierarchy kind of feel that you had with Jesus. So I didn't really feel like I could approach him. Uh, but I did have this moment where I had this huge wake-up call to Jesus. And that was when I really accepted him for myself. And I was 17, almost 18. And I was in Michigan. And I was in a terrible relationship with this girl. Um, I'm married now. Got married two weeks ago, which is exciting. <laughs> hey, <laughs> but, wow, congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. That's so cool. Um, but I was laying in bed and I was like, God, I need, I need you. And I basically, mm -hmm. and of course you, it's always the said thing. You don't make deals with God. That's really bad. It's sin. Mm -hmm. I totally understand. But in the moment, this was where I was at. And <laughs> I was like, God, if I don't wake up tomorrow morning and something has changed, I'm going to, and my exact words were become a pagan. I was like, I don't want to wow. do this. Hmm. I was like, I'm tired of feeling awful all the time and never being able to have peace with your relationship. And mm. I had a crazy radical encounter with Jesus that night in a dream. Um, mm. And he approached me and I got to like see into his eyes and actually like physically touch him and hug him. And I woke up the next morning and the spirit of the Lord was on me so intensely that I never felt mm. anything like it. And I was like, okay, God, I surrender. And from then I, started my processes of going into YWAM and I've been in full-time missions mm -hmm. ever since really. Yeah. So we, we were talking a little bit before the show, but you said you got to go pretty much around the world with this kind of ministry that you've been doing. Yeah. What are some of the places that you've been able to go? Well, I've been to our Northern Iraq twice now, and I really, really love the middle East just to be able to just mm. be in some of the, the oldest places in the world where the gospel was originally spread. And then to be able to just speak with people and they just respond so amazingly to the power of the Holy Spirit and the dreams that is so powerful in their lives. But um, I'll maybe get onto that a little bit more later. But I've been to, <laughs> uh, to, to the Middle East. Um, I've actually been, you mentioned this earlier, but I've actually been to Malaysia. Um, and I worked, oh, in, sweet, yeah. I worked in Malaysia for a few months. Um, we did a lot of evangelism, worked with red light districts. Mm -hmm. Um, we would just literally walk through and, and pray for people and share the gospel and, mm -hmm. and those kind of things. Um, and I've been to Indonesia. I went to Jamaica. I've been to the Dominican Republic, um, a few other places here and there in between. But yeah. Wow, that is so cool. So when you're with this specific ministry, what are your goals and aims to do while out evangelizing or just ministering to people? Yeah, what's the goal of the actual ministry? The goal of the ministry um, with the SSM that I work with, the School of Supernatural Missions, is actually the school is for the students. It's to bring them closer mm -hmm. 
and intimacy with the Holy Spirit to equip them to be able to go out and share the gospel effectively and efficiently. And we, me and a good friend of mine, Travis Brubaker, that we do the school together, um, we're really just, and it was laid on his heart first, and I actually picked it up from him as well, um, where so many people go out and they go to share the gospel um, and debates happen or mm. persuasion happens. And mm-hmm. something the Holy Spirit put on my heart a while back, a few years back, is he was like, the power of the Holy Spirit is your greatest asset in finishing the Great Commission. And it was a phrase that mm. it was given to me. I was like, what does that mean? I started digging into it. And the intimacy with the Holy Spirit that results, and not, not Jesus, not mm. Yahweh, there's a specific intimacy we can have with sitting in the presence of our King and the Spirit that he mm. gives to us. And he gives us gifts and the gifts of the Spirit. And so it's all about equipping people to go out into the world and to evangelize and share the gospel and heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers mm-hmm. yeah. and all of those things. And so really that's what the school is wrapped up in a nutshell is really introducing mm-hmm. people to the side of our King that oftentimes is so shied away from or feared in typical church mm-hmm. in the United States today. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is so cool. I know a lot of people, um, actually, I don't know a lot of people, but I know a few people that would say, you know, the gifts of the Spirit and everything, they were for back then. They don't exist now. How would you, not necessarily combat, of course, but like, how would you say, hey, they're, they're active. They're here. They're now. How, how would you go about doing that? Well, I've had a lot of conversations with people about this, <laughs> being in this, yeah. this school and what it is and what it's about. Um, and I don't argue with people. Hmm. I say, I can show you, I can walk with you. Hmm. Do you want to see miracles? Uh, people, a lot of people who have that viewpoint of, oh, miracles are not mm-hmm. for today. Um, I find most of the time that they're kind of, they're, they're kind of almost like fear that side of God. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, Hey, you know what? If you walk with me, I'll show you. And so multiple times people mm-hmm. had said, well, I've really doubted this. I really don't think miracles are for today. Um, mm-hmm. And I won't label any like church groups or anything like that. But they mm-hmm. were from, <laughs> so from some specific, very, um, uh, very deep church groups, I believe, that, you know, mm-hmm. complete cessationism, 100%. And we, walk, we go out and we start praying for people. And they see the love of the Father linked with the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of the doctrine that they had been introduced to is now shattered because they know mm-hmm. who God is and they know it is God who's doing the healing or the sign or the wonder. Mm-hmm. And now their their argument can no longer hold up. And so I don't even try yeah. to, to argue or try to disprove mm-hmm. or go to the scripture and say, here it says the gifts are for today. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just say, let me show you. Let me walk with you. Mm-hmm. I've seen people, I've seen, you know, knees that are messed up to the point that surgery couldn't really fix them and the swelling goes down under my hand i've Mm -hmm. seen people raised from the dead i've seen the lord move in amazing ways and i'm like just just come look at it man it's awesome (laughs) wow that is so cool so when did you i guess this kind of goes back to maybe like 18 19 year old tim but when did you begin to evangelize? When did you begin to say, hey, this is something that I need to share with other people? Was it like a, like a, someone else throwing you in the deep end, sink or swim kind of thing? Uh, or was it just like a light switch where it was like, hey, man, I need to do this? What was that experience like? I think I have a, a fairly unique experience in mm-hmm. actually having the desire to share the gospel with others. Um, didn't really have that as a child growing up. I really would say that I was pretty reserved and I'm totally an introvert by nature. If it was up to me, I would just, you know, read a lot of books and hang out with my core group of guys and never talk to another person ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I'm very satisfied in that way. So it was very, it was very almost shocking to me to have this desire hit my heart all at once. Um, mm. But it was after I started to have these encounters with Jesus and see the Holy Spirit moving in my life, I could feel him. I could feel his presence. I could literally feel, and I know this is a term that people really hate, but it's almost <laughs> like the energy. I could feel the energy of the Lord saturating my body. 
And there was just something that clicked inside of me during my discipleship training school here in YWAM where, you know, I was here and I didn't really know, you know, why I came here, except I was supposed to know God and, you know, get to know him better, <laughs> be discipled while yeah. I was here. And mm -hmm. I knew that part of that was sharing the gospel to the nations. And I have, uh, I would say, a very deep analytical thought process. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, what is the best way? You know, even part mm -hmm. of my yeah. Dutch reformed roots coming out of merit-based lifestyle of what is the most efficient and best way. And I'm sure a lot of it came out of the wrong part of my heart. <laughs> but I was like, <laughs> what is the most efficient way to see the gospel spread to the nation? And through mm -hmm. that, asking God why. I would just lay in bed at night. God, why? Why? Mm -hmm. Why am I supposed to share the gospel? What does it mean to you? What should it mean to me? Um, what should I be doing to be able to share the gospel more efficiently? And I knew the Bible really well at that point in my life. Mm -hmm. um, and so the Lord started to bring up certain verses into my mind. And, you know, I had totally misunderstood the Bible before because I didn't have a relationship. And mm -hmm. the power of the Spirit kept coming up over and over and mm -hmm. over again. And I went, wow, that's something I don't have. I need that to share the gospel. I said, mm. and then the Lord started to share with me. And this is the moment that I knew that I had to share the gospel through the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, what you, Tim, what you have to offer cannot change anyone. No matter how much you reach into the scripture and pull out verse after verse, no matter how much you, you try to argue someone into it or use persuasion skills to get them in a place, mm -hmm to understand who God is. He says, until they meet me, they will not understand. Until they meet love, mm -hmm. they will not understand. And I said, okay, God, I wow. want to become love. I want you to flow through me. And I want you to give me whatever mm -hmm. gifts that you have for me. And I want to see you move. And wow. through that, this, the power of the Holy Spirit literally just flow over my body. I felt a peace. It was like a, like a cool sensation mm -hmm. over my body. And from then, I just had this desire. I would be walking through Walmart, right? And I would see this person with a crutch, and I would go, and it would like, like my heart would jump. It would go boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, whoa, what was that? Like that never happened before. And the Holy Spirit would say, go pray for them for healing. That's what they need. Um, and so I'd go pray for them. And, you know, 5% of the time, someone would get healed. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, 5%. I had to do it anyways. And I was like, but... Mm -hmm just the 5%. And he's like, you realize the power of the Holy Spirit through you is healing people and they're being radically mm. changed. And we're taking you out of the equation and you're no longer trying to persuade or trying to tell people about me through now. And there are a lot of good ways to share the gospel. This mm -hmm. is one of them. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to discredit Bible teaching <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah. It's all very good, but this is a key piece that I, in my story, I was finding out at this time. Mm -hmm. and I was praying for healing for people and they would be so shaken by who God is and mm -hmm. how much he loved them. It's all about love that he would ask someone to go up to them out of their comfort zone and pray for them. And through them, the Holy spirit, God himself would heal them. And there was this connection. I could see their eyes light up and the connection yeah. between the, the, you know, the son or the daughter and Yahweh himself was connected through this, this power mm -hmm. of the spirit. And I was hooked. I was like, everyone has to see this. Everyone has to know who mm -hmm. God is in this way. There's a deep relationship that comes through this that I've never seen before. And so I went crazy mm -hmm. on my DTF. <laughs> I was like, all wow. right, God, I'm going to pray for 10 people a day. And I just started to go. Wow. And I was like, mm -hmm. you have a crutch. You have and it started out for healing for me because I didn't know anything else. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you have a crutch. You have a cast. You have whatever. Um, <laughs> you have a finger split. Let me pray for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me pray for that finger. And yeah, I just, wow. And from there I just saw the Lord move and it increased my relationship with the Lord and it increased other people's in relationship with the Lord. And I knew this is something that I just had to be a part of. So, mm. so you mentioned, uh, like the 5% that do get healed. What would you say? Like if, I, and I'll just be, I'll just play a harsh critic for a minute. Well, what about the other 95% of the time, huh? What, what would you say to people that would say, well, it's 5% of the time. What about the other 95%? Doesn't God always want to heal? I believe now this gets into a little bit of theology that I have studied into, okay. but I think my answer is not something that is normality when it comes to healing. A lot of people would say, oh, well, you know, all the way from, oh, apparently God didn't want to heal you, 
to the other completely other side of the spectrum of like self you know self almost in a way of like self introspectiveness on yourself or like oh i just wasn't good enough mm. or and there i've yeah. found that mm. there is this middle ground to all of this where mm -hmm. the lord's desire is always to heal but it's not always to heal what we think needs healing first mm. and so i look at people and i'm a strong believer that the power of the holy spirit mm. in us has will give us exactly what we need in the moment to give the person in front of us the best opportunity of re deeper relationship or a relationship with God. And mm -hmm. if we're not, if we're, you know, honed in on one thing, you know, like only healing for a while, I was only honed in on mm -hmm. healing. That's all I knew, but I was growing mm -hmm. with the Lord. Um, there are a lot of times I missed what God was actually saying and someone had a cast on in front of me. And I thought, oh, they need healing when really they needed a word of encouragement from the Lord. And that was the healing in their heart they needed first before the healing in their wow. body. And so mm -hmm. what, what I found is, is a lot of people get stuck in a groove of one gifting or two giftings. And mm -hmm. really, and I know it says in the scripture, you know, are all people going to do this? Are all people going to do that? You know, no, you all have your own giftings. But mm -hmm. I also believe that the power of the Holy Spirit through us can give the person in front of us exactly what they need at the moment to have the best opportunity of coming to Christ. And so hmm. I started to look at it that way. And I would see people with crutches or in wheelchairs. Mm -hmm. I actually have a story of a lady in a wheelchair. And I was like, yeah. God, I see the obvious. What is the healing that she needs first? Hmm. And it was actually encouragement. So I gave her encouragement. Mm -hmm. Um, and I actually didn't see that healing happen, but I know the healing in her heart was far greater than mm. anything that could have happened to her body. Yeah. And it would have shocked her and it would have been amazing for her to be healed. But I know that in that moment, that's what God wanted to speak to her even more than the physical healing. Um, cause I've seen mm. it on the other side where you approach someone and you don't listen to the Holy spirit and you pray for them and they get healed. And they're radically healed. And two weeks later, their relationship with the Lord hasn't grown at all. And mm -hmm. so this is all about, you mm -hmm. know, the power of the Lord is all about bringing people closer to the Father. So that's mm -hmm. in. So to answer your question, sorry, I've got a little bit long, <laughs> long winded here. Um, to answer your question, the <laughs> other 95%, mm -hmm. I have seen that dwindle way, 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 way down to wow. some some at some points in my life if i were praying for people it was almost every time i saw a healing hmm. and that's because i gave myself grace to know god and how he works through me and so many people think that it's you ask god god can you heal this person and a lightning bolt from heaven i like to think of it from the other direction you're here and god's in the you know, and the person's here mm -hmm. from the other direction, this lightning bolt zaps them and they get healed. But that's not the way mm -hmm. God wants to do it. He wants to do it through us. We are conduits mm -hmm. of his power, like literal electrical circuits mm -hmm. where the Holy Spirit flows through us. And if you don't give yourself grace to learn how to walk mm -hmm. with God and grow in intimacy and power with him, then actually you'll stay at this complete like surface level of power in the Holy Spirit. And you really won't be able to to see your giftings really increase because you're actually in league with the enemy of your identity. You don't see a healing, you bash yourself for it. You know, you see a healing and you celebrate, but then you have guilt of, okay, what am I doing wrong? And this is literally yeah. growing with God. And so I have seen that 95% go to 75 and then 65 and 55 down mm. to very little. Um, wow. And that is literally because I, one day I was like, God, what the heck is happening? And I was, I felt <laughs> terrible. I felt awful. And I was like, God, this is, this is not the way it's supposed to be. You have always, you always have a desire to heal. Um, mm. And he was like, have grace with yourself to know me and grow with me and let me walk mm. and let me flow through you even stronger and stronger every day. Um, so it has nothing to do. Okay. Not nothing. It has less to do with God's desire to heal than we think it does. Mm. And it has more to do with us growing with him to be able to actually conduit his power more and more throughout mm. a relationship and love. So that's really where wow. I found yeah. that it's okay to not see 
healings every time. And I'm okay with that. And I'm not at fault. God's not at fault. Literally what's happening is, is I'm doing my very best to grow with him. And there's grace for me and God is perfect. (laughs) And as I have grace for myself to grow with God, those other 95, if I'm only seeing 5%, I say, Hey, I'm sorry you didn't get healed. God wants to heal you in one way or another. And, you know, I am growing with the Lord. So I'm sorry you didn't get healed. This is not God's desire for you. Um, but can I bless you? Can I pray for you? You know, uh, can I give you a word of encouragement? That kind of stuff, you know, and it builds your faith having grace for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. That's so true. So I know that like maybe more, I don't know if it, I can fit this into non-denominational circles or just stricter circles in general. Don't necessarily see healing as like as charismatic as other churches could be. Um, so for example, one church would be, uh, you know, we're not even going to pray for healing because we don't think it exists. Whereas in other churches, we'll pray for healing for every single person, no matter what. Now, would you agree to the point that like the church that w- does pray for everyone will probably see more healings be solely because they're praying for those healings? Because I guess the more, the more that you pray for the healings, the more often they happen, or is it like what maybe what you just said? Does it depend on the person who's praying for them? I don't know if that question makes sense. <laughs> I think it does make sense. And let tell okay. me if I'm not if I answer wrong, then I maybe misunderstood you. Okay, but, yeah. <laughs> um, I would say definitely err on the side of asking your heavenly Father to intercede mm. for someone else. Um, yeah. If someone. Yeah, the the basic cop-out that you see a lot of people see is they're full of the fear of man and they're terrified mm-hmm. to approach someone to pray um, because they're afraid that they won't get healed. And mm-hmm. so in turn, you see a lot of people going, oh, I just don't feel led to do that. When really, mm-hmm. what's the worst thing that can happen if you're wrong? They don't get healed, you know? Yeah. But you tried. Mm-hmm. And you I've seen so many times where people step out and they pray for healing, and for one reason or another, you can't nail it down perfectly, mm-hmm. they don't get healed. But the person that you randomly met on the street said, wow, that's awesome, mm-hmm. you know, that yeah. you actually loved me enough to step out of your comfort zone or out of what you normally mm-hmm. do, out of your life to take time to talk with me and to ask your king, your heavenly father, to, to actually heal my body or give me a word of knowledge or something like that, or a prophetic word. It's like, that's true love. And even Mm. though you don't see the power, sometimes the loving effect is still there. And so Mm. I've seen so many times people walk up and they totally miss it. And that person ends (laughs) up still giving their life to the Lord because of the love that it requires to act in that kind of a lifestyle. Mm. So, yeah, that's really good. So we know that you have a school of the supernatural, like just supernatural. So what is one of your first, almost like first steps when a new student walks into the classroom? What is like, hey, here's our baseline knowledge that you have to know before going into the school, before we start the maybe even the real curriculum? What's like the first day lesson for those students? We just introduce ourselves and love them well. Mm -hmm. We love that's that's what's super important. We make them feel welcome mm-hmm. and we love them. And for like the first week you get together and they're, I mean, honestly, you have a lot of students come in and they're pretty skeptical about it. They're like, this mm-hmm. is weird. You know, I felt the Holy Spirit <laughs> asking me to come here, but I don't really know about it. You know, I grew up in this or that church and I'm not even sure if I agree with this. I have some fear mm-hmm. about it. And so we love them and we invite them in and we say, hey, mm-hmm. this is all about just growing in a relationship with Jesus. Yeah, some of this stuff mm-hmm. looks weird. And we're not weird for the sake of being <laughs> weird, you know? Mm-hmm. But there's so many things about God that are so outside of our perceived reality that, of course, it's going to look weird to you. And so, mm-hmm. you know, also give God room. And so we, we encourage people to mm-hmm. give God room and to love. And some of this stuff is really weird, man. <laughs> but when you see him move, people get, tra- people get transformed. And so that's, that's mm. basically the initial start. And then we get into a lot of this other stuff of, you know, like we talk about speaking in tongues and we talk about baptism mm. in the Holy Spirit and we talk about evangelism and power evangelism and what it looks like and, and why we do it and why God asks us to do it. 
and a lot of the teaching and biblical basis for all of it. Um, and then, of course, there's the action side of it where we have healing rooms and prophetic rooms. And mm-hmm. We bring people in. And so, yeah, I kind of um, it kind of like progresses. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow, that is so, so cool. So when you're talking about like evangelism specifically, what is not necessarily like your message, but what is what do you tell the students about the power of evangelism? Why? Why do we evangelize? Yeah, well. I think you have to kind of get into the word evangelism and what it means in a nutshell. Evangelism is really any time you as a person are sharing who God is to another. And so you're really breaking it down to whether I am sitting in a Bible study, you know, Mm -hmm. doing a small teaching or sharing the gospel to literal Muslims in Iraq, where at any moment you're like, wow, they could snap and try to kill me. And you know, and I've been in both yeah. of those scenarios. <laughs> and, <laughs> and in both of those scenarios, it is evangelism. You are evangelizing. And, and really, it's just telling people who God is, is really, is really what it is. And there are so many different ways to evangelize. Every mm-hmm. person is in their different walk of life, where they are, their mental space, their spiritual space. And for us to assume that there's only one way or another to evangelize is very, very wrong. And so it could be the most weird, wacky things ever, or it could be the most simple things from any resource we have from the Bible, from, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, you know, speaking in tongues to healing, to sharing a story of impact in our life, which is a testimony. And any of those things can be evangelizing. And so it can look like so many different things, really. Mm. Wow, that is super good. I love that definition. Just sharing what you know, who God is from one person to another. That's super simple, easy to remember, but also so true, so good. So when you're out evangelizing, what are some of the methods or tactics that either you implement yourself or that you teach your students in the class? Like if you were to walk up to someone, cold contact, they're just sitting there enjoying a cup of coffee or something like that. What's your, not necessarily go-to, but what do you I mean, you kind of, I, I think like you just said uh, a little bit ago, you kind of have to, you know, use the Holy Spirit on that and whatnot. But what are, yeah. what are some tactics that you find yourself using a lot? Uh, listening. Mm. <laughs> you listen mm. and you listen to the Holy Spirit a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Because if I get a jump into a scenario and I see someone and I walk up to them and my desire is for them to know God more. Mm-hmm there are times where I do both, uh, mm. but God is faithful to both uh, saying, you know, walk up to someone without a word of the Lord completely and mm-hmm. expecting God to speak through me when I don't have the words to say. And mm. on the other hand, there are times where I wait and listen and I'm sitting mm-hmm. on a park bench, you know, acting totally normal across from this other guy <laughs> that I know the Lord has put in my heart and mm. I need to share the gospel with him. And I say, okay, and my one, my one phrase is, Holy Spirit, what does that person need to grow closer to you? And how can I give mm-hmm. it to them? And it could be mm-hmm. this most simple thing. Go buy them a coffee and tell them that Jesus loves them. Or mm-hmm. they have a pain in their knee from hyperextension. You know, it could be really weird mm-hmm. and specific. And yeah. then you're just obedient. You listen, and then you're obedient. And a lot of people have the fear of, what if God doesn't speak? What if I don't understand? What if I don't hear mm-hmm. him? He is faithful to speak. And he's faithful to speak to you in a way that you can hear. You just have to be willing to hear and to be and willing to set your fear of man aside and to look like a fool for the Lord and step out mm-hmm. in it. Um, and that's that's listening to the Holy Spirit and then stepping out. And then sometimes I, someone's highlighted to me and I don't get a word of the Lord at all. But I walk up to them and I say, hey, man, how are you doing? And they're like, good. <laughs> this is awkward. I don't know you. Yeah, and, this is weird. Yeah. <laughs> And you're just like a normal human being. You know, I've seen, Mm -hmm. even in my walk, I've gone from one side of like, oh my gosh, we have to hit the objective, you know, find the target, Mm. share the gospel with him. (laughs) Very much like (laughs) a robot where you just, you're like, oh, there's this individual in a red sweater. I know there's one because I feel like the Lord gave me a word for it. And so you're like searching Mm -hmm. for this individual person. Treasure hunts are great. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But you can get so stuck in the rut. And you're not able to actually allow the Lord to flow through you. And so just being a normal person. So one thing that I tell my students and that I do myself oftentimes, if I find myself getting into a rigid 
kind of almost religious or monotonous lifestyle mm-hmm. of sharing the gospel is yeah. I have another task other than sharing the gospel. Mm. And the Lord, it, Lord, the Lord will put on my heart, hey, go buy a coffee, go to this store that you like that has good merch, buy a t-shirt, <laughs> and yeah. then go home. Cool, I can do that. I'm not oh, yeah. like walking down the streets like, are you the one, are you the one, are you the one? And it's literally mm-hmm. like, I'm here to get a coffee, I'm here to get a shirt, and it is naturally supernatural, and the Lord will highlight someone to me who I need to speak to. And so what that does is, is that doesn't give us this on off switch of, Oh, I'm evangelizing now. And, and now I'm not. Mm-hmm. And I see so many times people are very, very hesitant to step into this lifestyle of evangelism, which is what mm-hmm. we're going for because it's so on and off, you know, you're out going to share the gospel mm-hmm. and then you're not. And so if you're going to buy a cup of coffee and a t-shirt, and of mm-hmm. course, you can't do that all the time. If you're a missionary, you know, make a ton of money like I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but other things, you know, go to see this really cool, you know, park that you love. Um, mm-hmm. What it does is it makes it naturally supernatural. And you're out there and you meet somebody and you're able to share the gospel and evangelize. And that keeps it where now when you go to Walmart and you buy your groceries, when you go to the movies mm-hmm. with your friends, uh, when you go on a car ride or when you go back home mm-hmm. to Michigan, where I'm from it's naturally supernatural and people who come in front of you, you're already preset in your mind to, I'm always open to the Holy spirit to speak to me whenever. So those are some of the, like, I hate Mm -hmm. to say like tips and tricks, but like really good things that I think I have picked up along the way and I've shared with my students and have applied in my life that Mm -hmm. really helped me keep this intimacy with the Lord and keep myself open to be able to share the gospel at all times. Mm. That is so, so good. I love the way you just put, everything you just said that was so good uh so what is what is a moment that you've been out evangelizing and maybe something doesn't go your way maybe you misread the spirit or um someone doesn't take what you said very well has there been a time where not necessarily you've gotten a lot of persecution but maybe a lot of pushback or a time has what have, what have been some of the hardships that you've encountered yeah some of the hardships for sure, being um, sharing the gospel with someone and someone is so bitter and hatred and hateful towards God. Mm. Um, and they lash out. I've had people threaten to to hurt me, to hit me, to mm. put me in the hospital, to kill me. There's this guy that we met on the street uh, here in Colorado. And he had a ball bat. He's like, I just want to kill wow. one. Of, he said, I just want to kill one of you. And wow. we end up sharing mm. the gospel with him. And he breaks down and starts weeping and gets gets mm. radically, he had this rattle, radical encounter with God. He wasn't, um, mm. he didn't leave completely whole and made new, mm. but he had a radical encounter with God, which is a massive seed that was planted in his yeah. life. Um, yeah. All the way to the other side where I just walked up to somebody in a McDonald's and I said, do you know, do you know Jesus? They said, no. Mm-hmm. I said, do you want to? And they said, yes. It was that easy. And I just wow. felt like I was supposed to do that, you know? And so uh, yeah. from one side to the other, sometimes you have crazy conflict and sometimes you have it just as easy as it gets, you know? Um, yeah. Some of the craziest moments are when somebody who has been in the occult or someone who is in the occult and you go to share the gospel with them and they manifest a mm-hmm. demon right in front of you. Um, wow. Then there's a whole nother, a whole nother thing <laughs> where they start, <laughs> then you're addressing a demon and no longer a human. And I've seen it a lot. Um, and then you cast mm. the demon out and every time the power of the Holy spirit is superior to any, any darkness of the enemy mm. and they're set free. And no person I have ever seen has been delivered from a demonic spirit that hasn't on the spot given their life to the Lord. It's mm. really, really cool. Really cool. Wow. That is crazy. That is so cool. I haven't heard, like I've, I've definitely heard a few stories about, Oh yeah, they, they went and cast out a demon. But, um, I think a lot of people that I'm surrounded with, they're not necessarily skeptical, but they haven't seen it personally for themselves. Yeah. Is there any insider knowledge that you could share uh, with those people who might say, hey, I don't know if this is real. I don't know if it's true, the stories that I'm hearing. Yeah, again, there I could go to the Bible and I could point out where mm-hmm. demons are obviously able to inhabit a human being and all of this mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and then there's the oppression and the possession argument back and forth of, are they possessed mm-hmm. or are they oppressed? And, um, and there are a lot of times I steer clear from those arguments because those mm-hmm. kind of yeah. arguments and debates break relationship. They don't bring people closer mm-hmm. to God. 
Um, that's fair because yeah. a different different like a differing in opinion is okay but anytime mm-hmm. you start conflicting those two things then you really find mm-hmm. people are getting brash with each other and which is mm-hmm. breaking relationship and so what i do is if somebody says well i just don't believe that you know i don't believe anyone can be possessed i think it's mental illness mm-hmm. or i think it's this or it's mm-hmm. that uh, okay you know walk with me walk with my friend mm-hmm. you know what i'm not going to try to prove to you anything but mm. it won't take long and you'll see it and we'll go out on wow. the streets and we'll start sharing the gospel and you know, someone's eyes will roll back. They'll speak in two different voices at the same time. And they'll, mm. this one guy looked at this lady in the face and gave her her phone number where she was born and everything. And mm. basically said, I've been here for 500 years and you're ruining my plans by evangelizing on the streets. And we were like, wow. awesome. That's really, really cool. <laughs> cast the demon out Praise of him God. <laughs> and then he was set free and he gave his life to the Lord. And so, wow, that kind of stuff. I don't get into conflict with humans. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. And mm-hmm. I steer clear of that. And I say, you know, if you want to see some of it, just walk with us. You know, there's a team that we go mm-hmm. out on the streets and we pray for people, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't, it's not my job to prove to people what to believe. Mm-hmm. It's to point them yeah. to the one who can actually prove it to them. Mm. so that's yeah. what i do yeah that is so cool so you go you you just said you go out with a team to go out on outreaches to evangelize where are actually some of your favorite locations to go whether it's in colorado or even internationally what would have been some of your greatest places yeah well uh some of them i can give in detail and some of them i can't because we're still yeah. actively <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Sending, <laughs> sending teams and i know zoom is not the most secure network anymore so yeah well. um but yeah i've seen some of the craziest in radical evangelism ever in northern iraq and i, I can't give the cities mm. or places or anything but in northern iraq i've seen it. it's amazing like going from house to house to house and going in and sitting down with them, having tea. Mm-hmm. And there were five people in this one family specifically, and the word of knowledge just came. You have headaches. You struggle with them all the time. You have night terrors. Mm-hmm. You're afraid of the, you have back pain. And you mm-hmm. have, uh, one, the other one was like severe depression, but you hide it where no one wow. can see it. And literally, they, the mother of the family, the father had been killed, um, like brutally murdered by ISIS. Wow. And this lady stands up. And she says, well, if what you're saying is true, I am the head of the family. If I get healed, then I'll believe. And we stood up, mm-hmm. we started praying for them. And this, this lady gets delivered from headaches. Her headaches go, she's healed. The back pain goes away. She's weeping. This, the, the head mm-hmm. of the family is weeping. Um, and this guy who has crippling depression, the demonic spirits that were crushing him were, were lifted off of him. And he felt this peace of the Lord wow. for the first time. And the whole entire family is, has been radically changed. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't, I wasn't there to actually see them profess the gospel, like actually say, mm-hmm. I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. But I know that they, that, that day they saw mm-hmm. who the king of the universe was, and there's no way they're going to get out of it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so wow, it's really cool to see that stuff. So I've seen that there. I've also seen a lot of stuff here in Colorado Springs, Manitou Springs. Walk down through mm-hmm. Manitou, you know. There's all kinds of these <laughs> witch shops and, yeah. you know, drug shops and, you know, all of this stuff. And you're, you just walk around and, and you just start praying for people and words of knowledge. And you'll see mm-hmm. anywhere from people who hate Jesus to people who love Jesus to mm-hmm. uh, people yeah. who are, you know, will demonically manifest something to people who are just mm-hmm. overjoyed that there's another person on the street sharing the gospel. And, you know, it's, it's, wow. it's crazy. Yeah. That is so awesome. So if I was a new student uh, that's about to go out and evangelize, what are some of your, not necessarily like tips and tricks, but ways to calm the nerves? Because I know sharing your faith for the first time can be super nerve wracking. What are your, what would you say to someone who's nervous about evangelizing? Well, there's, there's this happy medium between just doing it and growing with God to a point where it becomes easier to do. So Mm. if someone is so in such crippling fear of man that they seize Mm. up and they can't even like, they can't even approach someone. And I've seen that Mm. multiple times where 
They're yeah. so afraid they physically cannot make themselves approach someone to share the gospel. Um, I say, I, I literally tell them, I say, evangelizing is no longer a super big priority in your life. Know mm. the king so that you can appropriately tell people who he is. And if that mm. means spending quiet time for a month without sharing the gospel, one thing that the Lord put on my heart, huge, uh, when I, mm. I was beating myself up because I had such fear of man. And I was like, man, God, I can't even approach somebody. And I would literally just rip myself up and down because I didn't mm -hmm. take the opportunity that the Lord presented to me. And literally, I, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me one day. And he was like, Jesus spent 30 years growing in intimacy with me before he started his ministry. Mm, he said, yeah. and you spent what, three? Is what he said to me. Yeah, three, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> tenth, yeah. You're, you're right. And so he's like, never feel ashamed of sitting with me first before you go out and share the gospel. Never be ashamed of growing in intimacy, intimacy with me first before you go out. And it was literally, mm -hmm. if you have to stop sharing the gospel as much so that you can grow with me, do that. Now, I think those things can mm -hmm. be done at the same time. So I very rarely, actually, I've never have advised that ever to anyone to do that. But that was personally in my life where I mm. said, okay, God, I'm no longer going to focus on people, you know, as much I'm going to focus on you because I was focusing on mm. people so much that I literally wasn't growing with God. I was operating mm. on a task mentality instead of a relationship mentality. And it was when mm. I sat with God and I let him literally transform my mind and my spirit to be more Christ-like like he is then my reasons of being afraid went away because I was afraid of what people thought about me, what they would say to me, what I would really, really boils down to. I was so afraid of people thinking of me in a way that would make me look bad. And I was very insecure. And so my insecurities gave me fear and my fear caused me not to be able to share the gospel. And when God's desire in my heart, you know, his desires, through me became stronger than my desires to be glorified by man and to be noticed and loved and recognized by man, fear of man dwindled away because no longer mm. do I care about what you think about me as much as what I think about God or what God thinks about me. Yeah, of course I do care mm. what you think about me. That's how relationship works. <laughs> yeah. But on the other <laughs> hand, if I care way more of what my heavenly father thinks about me, I will always mm. be obedient to him over you. And really, that's so good. The fear of man is me being more worried about what you think about me than what God thinks about me. And the mm -hmm. way that you get rid of the fear of man is you grow in intimacy with the Father. Just like mm -hmm. if I would grow in intimacy with my earthly father, and I have a great relationship with my father, and I really care about what he says because he's a very wise man. Um, mm -hmm. But if I met this random guy in the street, I care a lot less about what he says because <laughs> I don't, <laughs> That's fair. I don't know yeah. him. You know, I don't really care mm -hmm. about his opinion as much as I care about my father. And so mm. it's this growing with God until his opinion in your life far outweighs the opinion of others and the fear that you have mm. of people rejecting you. Yeah. Wow. That is again, so, so good. I love that. Just, Fear, man, you got to get, you know, not necessarily get rid of fully, but you have to acknowledge it and grow yeah. in that relationship with God first. I mean, first and foremost, you need the Holy Spirit to evangelize. So you have to grow in that relationship first. Pri priorities really is what it boils yeah. down to. Really priority. Yeah. And yeah. I think. All right. So, yeah. Go ahead, sorry. No, no, you're totally good. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the initial beginning. And then after you start to really mm -hmm. step out and see God move, you realize how faithful he actually is. And once you see how faithful he is, your faith is, is bolstered and you're, you're like, wow, you know, God is faithful. He is coming through yeah. over and over and over again. And the Lord will disprove any belief that you have that he is not faithful and that you can't trust in him. And so that also will just cut away the fear of man, you know, hack yeah. at the root of that fear until it's gone completely. So not saying that you should never evangelize if you have any fear, but if you're so crippled by fear, sit with God, grow with him, you know, outweigh mm -hmm. the reason of fear. And then on the other hand, if you feel like you can do it, do it. 
Because when you do yeah. it, God will always come through in one way or another. Mm. Even if you totally yeah. miss it 100% and the person yells at your face, spits at your feet and walks <laughs> away, the satisfaction of knowing that you're obedient to your father is worth it. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is so, so good. All right, so one of the questions that I had for you was, how can we as, a, as Christ's body be strategic yet faithful yet culturally savvy and effective in the modern day society. So uh, all in all, like how can we using words of knowledge per se, how do you walk up to someone and say, Hey, I have a word of knowledge for you without sounding kind of strange. Like you're about to yeah. make him drink some Kool-Aid or something yeah. like that. You know, <laughs> how, how, how do you go about doing that? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's people skills, you know, mm. I see a lot of missionaries with very little people skills <laughs> um, and it's, it's gotta be normal, you know, mm. but then also there's, there's a lot in this equation. The question you asked, there's this mm-hmm. huge equation yeah. here. Um, you gotta be careful with, you know, like Paul says, I've become all things to all men that I may save mm-hmm. some. And yeah. so he's careful with his, technically he's careful, careful with his Christianese, if you would say it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like he literally walked up in, in, in Greece and he's like, this, this, un, uh, this God that you have marked to an unknown God, let me tell you who he is. He's the creator mm-hmm. of everything. He didn't even go in there and be like, all of your gods are false, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. This is the one true God. He saw yeah. what they valued and he showed God through it. And so if mm-hmm. you're on the streets and you're sharing the gospel, and you see somebody and you want to be able to share the gospel with them and you have, uh, you know, a mm-hmm. word of knowledge on your heart that they're, let's say, for instance, let's, let's, that their mother is praying for them and that they love them and that they want to actually mm-hmm. reconcile a relationship with them. You know, that's, that's mm-hmm. the thing that actually happened to me. Um, but I had no idea how to start the conversation. And yeah. you, you can be, <laughs> it's so unique. You can't give a formula for it because everyone is so different. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But just be confident that God is going to work through you and is going to actually bring a change to that person, you know, through the power of the Holy Spirit through you. Um, and it gives you this, this boldness and people see that it's, it's when people approach someone and they say, Hey, uh, I think I maybe have something for you. And if this is the way you start, that's great. Mm -hmm but this isn't the way you need to continue <laughs> is when you're like, I think yeah. I maybe have something. Can I, can I pray for you? Can I, can I set my hand on your shoulder? You know, can I, and you're just really <laughs> awkward. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then it just makes the whole scenario really intense and weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just not necessary. Um, yeah. So you walk up to somebody, start a conversation. Hey bro. Like I was at a tire shop a couple days. Bro, I love your dreads, man. He's like, thanks man. Mm-hmm. That's really awesome. Now we have a conversation starter. He, he mm-hmm. I complimented him and I really meant it because the love of the father yeah, grew me yeah. with like, bro, you have some sick dreads, you know? And mm-hmm. so you can start some conversations that way. <laughs> some um, sick dreads. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. And yeah, it, it's, it's so multifaceted that you can't give a formula, but at the same time, like just, you know, if you have to sit with the Lord and be like, God, I'm really awkward. How do I have better people skills? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then, <laughs> then do that. Um, but it really just boils down to, you know, having the confidence and the boldness and being able to actually have the appropriate conversational skills. And even if you don't, the Holy Spirit works through you. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. the Lord promises us that he will give us utterance when we don't know what to say. And so. Yeah. I, <laughs> just, ain't that the truth? Yeah. Oh, you just man. step out and you do it. I, yeah. I was, uh, I was in. Uh, last, it was in October, it was on Halloween night. Uh, we were with a group, our action school actually went to Las Vegas to evangelize out on the streets and in the tunnels below Vegas uh, to the homeless. And I, I think it was on Halloween night that we were just walking down in front of the Bellagio Hotel with all the fountains. And I was walking with this one girl, her name was Ashley, and this guy kind of turned around to me just randomly and he went, Wow, and I could totally tell he was fully drunk and everything. He goes, "It smells like weed up in here." And out of like I don't know where it came from. I don't know uh, exactly how I came to this conclusion, but I looked at him and I said, "Nah, dude, it smells like Jesus loves you up in here." And it like like you just said, you don't have to know exactly what to say, exactly. but you just you just kind of say it. And what ended up happening was that John, I ended up talking to him later, his name is John. He snapped out of whatever drunkenness he was in 
and immediately just started bawling. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, like, and it spoke so directly to his heart and to his soul that, yeah, from that point on, I was like, okay, I guess, you know, I don't need to know what to say. You just have to, you just have to trust God and just say it. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And John ended up giving to his, giving his life to Jesus right there on the, on the strip of Las Vegas. So wow. it was super awesome. What a, what an awesome experience there. But just like you were saying, you know, just, you, you don't have to go without fear. Fear is definitely, it's like a part of us, but uh, you just have to recognize that fear of man, you know, you, you just have to diminish, minimalize it, you know, and mm. get to know your father first. So yeah. that is so cool and so awesome. Yeah. All right. So the last, I guess the last question that'll probably take us to the end uh, is that, I don't know if you're familiar with the Barna reports. Are you familiar with them? I'm not, I know. Okay, so the Barna Report puts out a bunch of, they, they do a bunch of interviews and they put out statistics revolving evangelism uh, and just Christianity in general. And in their most recent reports, uh, it's called Reviving Evangelism. They stated that some non-Christians who had been evangelized to say that they might be more interested in Christianity if they had more evidence, whether it be scientific or physical proof. Mm-hmm. And the faith, being Christianity, had been or had a better reputation. So what are your thoughts on, there's two questions in this, on when evangelizing, do you give proof to the people that you're trying to evangelize to? Like, oh no, there's there's scientific proof, there's this in the chromosomes of this thing or anything like that. And then the second question is, what do you, and maybe this kind of dives into like uh, hypocrisy of the church almost, Uh, but what do you say about to people that are like, hey, the church doesn't treat people very nicely. What do you say to those kind of people? Well, I'll start with the first question of kind of giving validity to who God Mm -hmm. is. And I think this is really all wrapped up in relationship. If I can introduce someone in relationship to God, they see how real it is. Mm -hmm. There are times, very rarely, do I actually have (laughs) a full-on debate of the scientific parts behind God's creation, which then proves his divinity over us. Mm. And someone comes to Christ through that. Because what I'm doing is, is I'm actually taking their indoctrination and something they've Mm. studied so much and believe in so strongly. And I'm trying to actually use that to prove something on my, on my side, which Mm -hmm. is, is literally taking some, a tool that they have and have worked with for years and trying to apply it in their life again to show them Mm -hmm. something that they don't even really believe in. And so Mm -hmm. you have to approach those kind of people with a new tool. And Mm -hmm. because you can't, it's like, it's like, you know, taking their own tool they've used for years and then trying to convince them something else using their own tool. It's not Mm going to work. And so very rarely have I ever seen that happen. Um, Mm. The proof of who God is, I'd say today more than ever, and your and I's mm-hmm. a life's lifetime, is the yeah. power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. The power of the Holy Spirit. One thing that I felt the Lord give me was a word of knowledge, and this was like at the very mm-hmm. beginning. I had no idea what this meant, but the power of the Holy Spirit is the proof of God's desire for relationship with us, because mm. if God loves us enough to actually like produce the power through us and the Holy Spirit's here. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, an earthly father. If he were to drive down from Michigan where my father lives and bring me a gift, knowing that it's something that I really, really need or want or desire or or something, I'm going to grow in relationship because I know how much he cares. People mm-hmm. are always drawn to what they believe will bring them love and satisfaction. And mm-hmm. always, that is the default setting of humankind. If they believe that this relationship will give them love, they believe that drugs will give them love, any of these things, they will go to those things every single time. And so what you have to do is, especially for young people in our generations, is you have to show them an unarguable place where they can find love and satisfaction. Mm. And I see that so much through the power of the Spirit because I cannot convince them And so people who are like, oh, I just wish there was more proof of the gospel, you know, really paganism or atheism or cessationism, Mm -hmm. 
all makes just as much sense as the gospel. And us as humans are really, really good at making sense of what we want to believe. And so what I have to do is, is I have to step into a role in my relationship with Jesus to offer them something that no human being could possibly offer them at all, disproving everything that they had wanted to believe in or desired to believe in. Mm -hmm. And now they're at a crossroads. And it is, Mm -hmm. I have just seen something that no human being could possibly give to me, period. Mm -hmm. There is another force at work here that is far greater than anything I've ever experienced. What is this? Mm -hmm. The question, why? What is this? (laughs) And then you share the gospel. And there are many times Mm -hmm. in those scenarios, I will not even talk about the gospel. I will walk up to them and I'll say, can I heal you? Can I pray for Mm -hmm. you? Can I give you a word of knowledge? And they'll say yes, Mm -hmm. kind of like in this weird, mysterious way. Sure, whatever, (laughs) whatever, bro, you know? And they get radically healed, totally healed. Mm -hmm. You know, this one guy in Iraq, his name was Ishmael. I prayed for him. His literally his knee was like a ball of swollen mm-hmm. like cartilage and muscle. It was nasty. Wow. And this the well swelling went down under my hand and he freaked mm. out. I didn't even tell him <laughs> yeah. I had not shared the gospel in the slightest. Also, there were mm-hmm. armed guards around, so you don't want to just be like throwing the gospel. Like, Jesus is the son yeah. of God. You're gonna end up on a on yeah. a, a pole somewhere. You know? So anyways, mm-hmm. sorry, that was a little bit graphic. But he gets radically <laughs> healed. Wow. And then we're like, this is Jesus, the son of God, Isa mm-hmm. Messiah, Jesus, the Messiah. Mm-hmm. You know of him in your holy book, the Quran, as a prophet, but he's actually the son of God. And mm-hmm. so what I'm doing is, is I'm giving proof to a belief that I could mm-hmm. never give him. And so I never give him in my own strength. And that is mm-hmm. the goodness of the gift of the Holy Spirit that God said, do mm-hmm. not go into the world to share the gospel and tell my spirit has come to be with you. He says, I'm Absolutely. sending wow. a helper yeah. to be with you. And until that helper comes, in essence, he says, you cannot do this. Wait for the power of the Holy Spirit because you will fail mm-hmm. every single time. And until he's here with you, <laughs> a greater gift, <laughs> you will be completely ineffective. <laughs> and the gospel yeah, absolutely. will stop at the end of your hometown, maybe. <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> it's true. And so that is the proof that I Mm -hmm. give people is because I cannot, you know, through scientific terms or words um, Mm -hmm. or just the book smarts or whatever, prove to someone who God is. Mm. Wow. That is really, really good. Yeah. I I agree a hundred percent with what you just said. Just like leading with not necessarily their own tools that they've gained themselves, but you know, giving them a new, a new perspective, a new worldview, a new lens to look through, look at the yeah. world through, honestly, yeah. that's what it's all about. And so I think, I think the second part of the question was, uh, how would you not necessarily combat, but what would you say to the point? Like, Hey, Christians aren't that loving, you know, they're not yeah. like the, the church hurt me. Maybe, um, I was hurt in the church. Uh, how would you approach or tackle that kind of scenario? I apologize on behalf of the church. Mm-hmm. And I say, I'm so sorry that someone claimed to know the love of Christ, but didn't actually know it. Mm. And I say, and I, then I explain to them, I say, there are people out there and a lot of them who claim to know the love of Christ that don't. And then I mm-hmm. say, please. And then I, I don't plead to them, but I say, mm-hmm please do not allow your representation of God to be given to you by man. Go to God himself. And if they hadn't been, Mm -hmm. you know, growing up, they didn't know that they could actually like talk with God. I say, you can Mm -hmm. talk with your father and he will speak to you. His Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit will speak to you and you will be able to understand what he's saying to you. And I'm like, please Mm -hmm. do not let man represent God to you. Go to God, know him, and then represent God Mm -hmm. by knowing him. And a lot of people, that is something that is so foreign to them, because especially in the United States today, the the churches, and again, I won't give any names of denominations or anything, (laughs) but they believe that God gives the word of the Lord to the pastor, the head of the church, and he then gives the vision to all of the congregation. And really, that's not the way it works. God has 
so much to give every single person and he has so much vision and so much passion and so much you know expanse for every single individual in the church and he every single individual does not have to just jump on the train of what the pastor feels is the right way to go at the time and so it's been so we've been so indoctrinated in this way that Mm. people actually feel like they can't approach god they can't ask him what to do it's it's actually what mm-hmm. you see in the 1300s all the way back to the 1100s in the time in that area of um, early Catholicism and, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's very much you cannot reach God, but we've, we've mm-hmm. formed it in a way today that sounds much more tame or much tamer. Mm. Um, and so you present that to people. You can connect with God. Ask him yourself. And once that's established in place, you apologize on the behalf of the church and say, I'm sorry to you that someone misrepresented who Jesus was to you. Can you, will you, I I ask for forgiveness on the behalf of that pastor or that youth pastor or that person in your life that claimed to know Jesus. Will you forgive me? And they say, yes. And so I pick up the faults that they had laid on these people. And I, I actually ask them, can I have that? And that will bring so much freedom to those people. And they'll be like, wow. That takes some serious hmm. love to do that, you know? Wow. And so that, that is super, that's super good. What happens is, is now they feel free to now experience or to start step stepping, even if it's the tips of their toes, start stepping mm-hmm. into maybe relationship with God is okay. You know, mm-hmm. maybe God isn't what this pastor or this youth pastor or this person that I thought that knew God, it really is. I want to figure mm-hmm. out for myself. And you inspire curiosity about who Jesus is. And then people start getting curious and they start going after it themselves. And I've seen over and over again that when you inspire curiosity of who God is in an individual for themselves and you give them the knowledge that they can actually seek God themselves, they'll either run into a crossroads where they choose to ignore God or they choose to grow in relationship with him. And so I would say that that approach is what I have found is one of the best ways to give people freedom mm. to then grow on relationship after tremendous amount of hurt that they've experienced from um, someone who was a believer, but just going through a rough time or someone who mm-hmm. was a complete con artist because they're both, mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Wow. All right. And the last question I have for you that actually just came up, I was like, man, I, I really, I'm actually really, really curious about this one is what is your favorite lesson or maybe just classroom time, just somewhere in your school, what's your favorite lesson to teach your students? Like you're like, yeah, this week's coming up. I love this lesson. This is like my all-time favorite. You know, you wake up in the morning an hour early because you love it so much. You know, you get the idea. So what is that lesson for you? Ooh, that's really, that's a hard one because there are so many good things. Mm -hmm. So, so many good things. Hmm. So I think there's this individual side and then there's a gauging of the classroom. And you mentioned a little bit of the class. And if I feel in my heart or see that, wow, for this class, this teaching is going to be radically transformational. And I get excited Mm -hmm. about that. Um, So, yeah, it it all depends on the class and what they need and and Mm -hmm. what their beliefs were beforehand. Mm -hmm. But I'll just kind of go into, I guess a teaching that I really, really love in the class that I see that brings so much transformation is really just knowing that God is safe and it's the Mm. teaching that God is a father and that he actually loves. And in this school, the SSM, the school of supernatural missions, we do both. We get into literal mind blasting. There's this teacher who says mind blasting, um, almost paradoxes in the gospel that push you to a place to be able to really have Mm -hmm. to expand your biblical worldview and really understand Mm -hmm. what the scripture actually says from an actual contextual standpoint. And then there's, Mm -hmm. but I would say the most transformational times is when we have, there's an amazing teacher that I know, Stefan Hugo, and Mm -hmm. he, he's amazing. And he shows up and he says, I want to introduce you to my friend, my best friend is what he says, the Holy spirit. And then he just prays for you and he'll walk around and he'll give words of knowledge and someone will get totally wrecked by the Holy spirit, like laying on the floor, completely like mobilized by the Holy spirit. And they will stand up 
someone who has the most control issues ever. Let's say that I've literally seen this happen and they go, you know, God pinned me to the floor with his power and he did nothing but love me. And there was this trust that was built between God and this person. And then him as the teacher, he says, now that you've experienced God, go pray for that person, you know, Mm -hmm. go share what you've experienced. And so immediately they get up off the floor and he says, go pray for that person, (laughs) share the gospel. And so it's literally just a trust building where we do nothing Mm -hmm. but say, God, you are welcome here. We, the people of God, invite you into this room and we give you freedom to do whatever you want to do. And that's what he does as a teacher. And he, he brings, he brings freedom for the Lord to move Yeah, where God so Mm -hmm. often respects our free will to the point that he allows us to reject him. But if you have Mm -hmm. one person in the room who says, God, I accept you fully, the Holy spirit drops in that room, no matter what the rest of the people in that room think. Absolutely. Wow. (laughs) And people will get totally wrecked by it. And I think those are some of the best times in the school where people are just radically transformed by Jesus by literally experiencing the tangible presence, like the tangible presence of God, where you feel his presence. Literally, you have, Mm. some people freak out about this, but that's just who God (laughs) is. You have gold dust. You have literal Shekinah Mm. glory just setting in the room. (laughs) And you're like, the yeah. heavens have just opened up in this room and mm. it's, it's just the most sweet, intimate times with Jesus. It's awesome. Mm. Wow. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us, Tim. You have dropped so many little nuggets of knowledge and wisdom into my life. Personally, I know that any student that listens to this, I know I'm sure quite a few of the students in my class personally will probably listen to this podcast. And I know that they will be blessed just from hearing your voice if they wanted to get connected with either you, YWAM, or the supernatural ministry that you're a part of in the school, how can they do so? Well, I have a, this is YWAM Colorado Springs. That's what it is. Yeah. There's, there's one in Denver. There's one in Colorado Springs. But you can go onto any search engine anywhere and just type in YWAM mm-hmm. Colorado Springs and all the information pops up. Um, I could give you my personal number. I think you already have it. Um, but if they yeah. wanted to get in contact with me in person, then by all means, they can you can hand out my number wherever you want to. And <laughs> perfect. Yeah. I can't, I can't yeah, just, promise just to, text me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't promise to like, uh, you know, get with everybody, but definitely mm-hmm. yeah. share what I can and do what I can. But, uh, I can't, I can't say it on a zoom call cause I try to keep that a little That's bit, fair. little bit, you know, <laughs> a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you could either just look up YWAM here where we are. YWAM's huge. It's all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If you wanted to get a hold of me personally, um, I could be a person, if you want to hear about more about the SSM, you could definitely um, call me or give me a text or go to the YWAM page and it's all the schools, you know, mm-hmm. so it's pretty simple. Yeah. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for, for joining us, Tim. It's been an honor and truly a pleasure to have you and just even just have this conversation with you. So yeah, I guess uh, for the podcast, until next time, I'll, uh, I'll see ya. <laughs>